Hey, welcome back, everybody. Another week of the Stewcast as we close in on our favorite time of the year. It's almost college football season. Welcome in. We got a great show, our, our annual check-in with Phil Steele coming up. Uh, just a few words before we get into that. First of all, if you're new to the show, if you're just checking us out, check out some of the shows we've done uh, recently. We've, we've talked to a bunch of great folks in the college football space. We've had uh, Matt Brown from Extra Points on. We've had Aaron Hackett talking nil. He's involved with it, got, got his hands dirty with it. So he helps explain a little bit, you know, um, tons of NCAA futures, NFL futures, a uh, lot of great shows in the past. Go check it out. Uh, they're still pertinent. As I said, Phil coming back on, it's an annual thing. And, you know, it's one of these things that I look forward to every year. So I'm excited to do that. Before we go to that, I do want to mention a little show update. This may, it's not 100%, but this may be the last season of the Stewcast. We'll have more on that as the year goes on, but uh, we may be packing it up, packing it in. It's all right, though. Um, I'll be out there. I'll be doing other stuff, but stay tuned for that. And uh, if you still want the show around, please reach out, contact me, contact the, the show page, show some love for the show, uh, and, and, and maybe we can get some stuff going. But for the foreseeable future, eh, we, we may be packing her in towards the end of the year, but we'll, we'll see. That's a little announcement from me, but we're going to move on to bigger, nicer, better things. We're going to move on to Phil Steele right after this short break. Joined at this time by a guy that I look forward to talking to every year. He is simply put the godfather of college football, my hero. He is great, Phil Steele. Phil, it is so good to be speaking with you again. I hope everything's going well in uh, in Cleveland today. Everything is going great, Al, and uh, appreciate you having me on. It's good to talk to you again, my friend. It's uh, I think this is what our third year together now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's been, um, you know, I think one of the biggest shows we did early on was basically, you know, getting a lot of people because you come on a lot of new eyes, a lot of new listeners. And uh, so I appreciate, you know, you coming on and and lending uh, your credibility to this uh, little upstart we got going on over here. Yeah, and hopefully it continues to build, my friend. Yes, sir. Um, let's let's get right down to the nitty gritty. The book is out. Barnes and Noble. I know I've sent a few people. They're asking me questions. We got a college football fantasy league going on, which is insane, but we're doing it. Um, and there, I got a lot of questions. Where do I look up? Phil Steele, College Football Magazine. They'll get you squared away. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. I know the second press is uh, pressing's coming out, so it's going to be more widely available. But also, if you're like me, you signed up on philsteel.com in mid-March, early April. You got that early VIP thing going on. 
but you got a lot of stuff going on over at philsteel.com throughout the season. Uh, can you expand on that? Because a lot of people may not know you're, this is 365, 24, 7, 11 for you. Yeah, this all I do is actually college football. I don't uh, worry about it, basketball, baseball, anything like that. Just college football. And we're not you know, getting the field. full steel NHL preview. Is that not coming uh, this year? You know, my daughter likes hockey. She may be putting out the Savannah Steel NHL preview <laughs> in future years because I'm she's in. only 16. But uh, keep keep your ears open for that one. But uh, yeah, as far as Phil Steel Plus goes, it is exactly what I use. And when I do a radio show during the season, I rattle off numbers and stats, and I'm just looking at Phil Steel Plus to to get a lot of that information. It color codes everything in red and green for each team, gives you an average game grade for each team. You can click on the series history and get the last 24 matchups color-coded green and red. You could tell if the home team's winning, visitors winning, which team is winning. Uh, and so that's on there. We get you the last 45 years spreads results, start charts during the year, individual leaders. You want to see how players do game by game. You talk fantasy football, Al. You can go back and see how your player did against any team in the country last year, the year before, the year before that. We've got individual game stats. We even do that for the FCS. That's up there as well. So philsteel.com is a, a wealth of information. It's what I use to use for radio shows and TV. And you could become an instant expert just getting hooked up with philsteel.com. Plus, we put out a daily blog every day at philsteel.com. Check that out. I've got a new one, and we'll have one every single day between now and the season. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And you're updating information. You're updating the magazine um, on the digital issue, correct? Yeah, the digital. If you buy the digital version, we actually give you an example. Uh, Boston College lost their one returning offensive lineman, Mahogany, who is actually one of my first team ACC. We have got him circled on the page in the write-up. We talk about the fact they go from they no longer have one returning starter; they have zero, and we give you a complete update there. Bill Clark, unfortunately, had some back problems and a step away from UAB. We've got their new head coach up there on the digital version, so the digital version completely updated, and we'll continue to update that through the start of the season as well. Yeah, you're not lying when you're saying you could become the the water cooler expert here. Um, I may or may not be doing that. Uh, so letting this secret out that that's, that's probably going to hurt some credibility. Uh, but <laughs> it's well worth it to invest. Philsteel.com is where you can get that. And it, you know, Phil, you, it, there's a lot of places, uh, when you go on the tour and you're, and you're letting people know, Hey, the book's out, you're talking a lot of teams. So I, I fully advise people to go check out your Twitter and to go see, you know, because you you're doing a lot of radio. You're talking Texas A&M. You're talking Michigan. You're talking Boston College. You're talking a lot of teams. I want to hit you with this though. When you open up the book, and I've had an argument with friends of mine that we get the book and we and we get into arguments. That's just what we do every year. <laughs> what is it that you're looking for when you're? opening up a team and you're seeing is it is it ex returning experience is it what they've done in the you know the last five years or historically the matchups what what are you looking for for signs of a team in on the improve on the decline because I think that's really what your book really alludes to it, it really 
does a great job of highlighting teams that, you know, are, are poised for either an up or down move. Yeah, I appreciate that, Alan. You know, uh, the first year I, I put a metric in the magazine, and back then it wasn't called metrics. I don't know what it was called. It was just something I came up with, and it was turnovers equals turnaround. I did five years of research on it, and it turned out that teams that had negative double-digit turnovers one year or bad luck basically had a better record the next year, 75% of the time, and vice versa. Teams that benefited from double-digit turnovers generally had a weaker record 75% of the time. Now here we are 28 years later. I've got 33 years of research into it. It's the same numbers, 75%, basically right around there. And it, it's proved true to form. So after doing that in the first magazine and seeing it continue to do well, I came up with things like close wins, close losses. You know, what happens if a team loses, like Nebraska last year, for example, had seven net close losses. And what I mean by that is they had zero close wins and seven close losses. That would be seven net close losses, which means change seven plays. And all of a sudden, this three and nine team is 10 and two. And it really is profound. So that's one I look at. Another one, and I just put it up on philsteel.com the other day, is conference yards per game versus record. And take a team like Michigan State. Michigan State last year was 7-2 and two in the Big Ten, 11-2 overall. Do you know they were actually minus 63 yards per game in Big Ten play? Now, generally, if a team is minus 63 yards per game in Big Ten play, they're 3-6. and six. They're 2-7. and seven. So they did it a little bit with Mears last year. And I think that will change. Another thing I look at is the experience chart. We put one in there in the magazine every year. This updates things, not just on returning starters, but the percentage of yards returning, percentage of defensive tackles, sacks, things like that returning, Letterman returning, seniors on the roster. It's all in there in the experience chart. Uh, the stock market indicator, did your team take a large step up last year going from four to ten wins? Odds are they're ready for a little bit of a decline. Same same thing with the opposite point. If your team took a big step back, like in Indiana last year, then odds are they're going to improve their record. All conference points returning. There's just so many factors to look at. And then the bottom line, when I make my forecast for the team, I've got all that weighed in, and I take a look at my power ratings. And my power ratings, I have nine different sets. Plug them into the schedule. Schedule is always important because sometimes you can go from playing a much easier schedule or a much tougher schedule, which, by the way, is another metric that I have in there. Uh, you'll find the magazine is just loaded with this type of stuff. It, it really is. It's a ton of information. You mentioned Michigan State, who, you know, that's unfortunately my team, uh, or fortunately. Oh. I, I, I <laughs> the, the numbers from last year, I think, are, uh, you know, they're unkind. They can, of course, play through numbers, but yes, I, I, I think, I think, uh, Spartan Nation, we, we should expect a, a slight decline. I think it speaks to how great Kenneth Walker was last year. Yes. Yeah, Kenneth Walker was a stud. And uh, how many games did he open up on the first play of the game, getting a touchdown or on the first touch of the game? It was remarkable early well, on. It, I, yards I, after I, contact. I mean that. Uh, I mean that 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 number is well. You know, he's he's in Seattle now. So get him for your fantasy teams, folks. Uh, Phil, I, I the biggest thing. I think one of the first pages I always turn to surprise teams now i'm not i'm not asking you to give uh the house away on this one by the book you're going to see what the surprise team is and whatnot but i'll ask you this because i'm really always interested is there is there a 
power five and a non-group of five team on, on both sides, a team that you think is, is primed for a surprise season or maybe even a, a regression? Yeah, a couple of teams that I'm going to throw out two teams, power five that are, are headed for, well, and first of all, to explain to the, the listeners out there, my surprise team list is a non-top-10 team that I think has a chance of making the playoff. So uh, that's that's the criteria. I eliminate all the teams I think will be in the top 10. Now, I'll say this. I think a lot of listeners out there, I've, I've listened, I've watched a lot of TV and, and listened to some radio. Nobody's talking about Utah. Now, I've got Utah yep. number six, so that's why I couldn't make them my number one surprise team. But I think Utah would surprise a lot of folks if they made the playoff this year. And I think they can. They're strong at the line of scrimmage, as always, under Coach Whittingham. My number six rated offensive line, number 17 rated defensive line. Cam Rising took over at QB after their one and two start last year and led them almost to an unbeaten rest of the season. They nearly knocked off Ohio State in the Rose Bowl last year. Uh, they've got solid depth of running back. Tight ends are one of the better tight end rooms in the country. Top 10 offense, top 10 defense, Pac-12 schedule. I've got them favored in every game. It wouldn't surprise me if Utah ran the table this year and actually made the playoff, and I think it would surprise a lot of folks. Now, in the magazine, my number one surprise team, because I had to eliminate Utah, is Pitt. And I think Pitt, the expectations are low because they lose Kenny Pickett. They lose Jordan Addison. So, naturally, folks are thinking a step back. But I tell you what, I think the most important position in college football besides the quarterback is the defensive line and when you look at the defensive line for Pitt it's the second best in the country every year coach Narduzzi loses three four defensive linemen to the NFL draft and then produces a unit that has 54 sacks like last year well this year he's got the whole D-line back my number two D-line in the country that makes him a top 10 defense offensively I like Keaton Slovis coming in at the quarterback position yeah he may have stats somewhat close to pick it. We'll see what happens this year, but the offensive line has vastly improved over last year. And when you look at their schedule, the only game I've got them an underdog is at Miami of Florida in the season then. But Miami tends to uh, disappoint every year and Pitt last year on the road in ACC play was 4-0 and and won their games by 23 points per game. So my number one surprise team, non-top 10 team, is Pitt. Phil, you better be careful with that Miami talk. I mean, you're not going to get invited to the parade. I mean, that's already planned. I don't know. <laughs> you, you don't want to lose that ticket. Yeah, well, Miami will be good this year. In fact, I picked them to win the Coastal. And here's the thing, the difference this year, Al. Um, you know, Mario Cristobal did a great job at Oregon. He took them from a finesse team to power at the line of scrimmage. When I talked to Coach Cristobal and went over the offensive line and defensive line this year, he liked what he inherited, which was different than when I talked to him at Oregon that first year. He's got a veteran offensive line, which uh, I rank in my top units, and the defensive line I rate number 13. He also supplemented that with a lot of transfers, and he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the country in Tyler Van Dyke. Now, I think Miami's going to be a dog at A&M, at Clemson, but if they do bit beat Pitt in the season final, they could very well get to the uh, ACC title game. I wanted to ask you, because the money's in the crumbs, you know, for the folks that, like myself, that love playing college football, we tend to gravitate towards our, you know, I mean, Western Kentucky, it, to me, might have, is more important than Alabama games some weeks. Yes. Um, and you, you find some of the smaller schools, FCS, I, th I think – is, is vastly untapped potential. Um, but the non-power five schools, is there, is there something there from, from the folks that do play 
uh, college football on Saturdays. Is there a team or that you that pops to your mind that is going to be really interesting to watch this year? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the good thing is if you, and, and you hit it right on the head, Al, if you're gambling on games, don't pick the marquee game of the week. That line is sharp as yep. heck. Everybody knows everything about that game. You've heard it on ESPN. They re-interview the coaches. The games nobody cares about. Buffalo's playing Akron. That's where you find your real edges. And the great thing about the magazine is we give you two full pages on every team. And and honestly, Al, I spend the same amount of time in the postseason writing and about Buffalo that I do about Alabama, writing about Akron that I do about USC. We got the two full pages on every single team. I talk to the head coaches, and we give you all the latest information and let you find a lot of value. But of the group of five teams this year, uh, UCF is the one that has me the most excited. Last year, Gus Malzahn was in his first year, just learning the team, brought in a ton of P5 transfers, and they started out great. Their first three games, they were averaging uh, 45 points per game, 554 yards per game. Then their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, got injured. And after that, with a freshman quarterback, Miley Keene, they had just 28 points per game, 357 yards per game. Well, this year, Miley Keene is, or Mikey Keene, excuse me, is back uh, as a sophomore. But they also had in John Rice Plumley from uh, Ole Miss. Greatest quarterback in the history of college football. I love John Rice. <laughs> I don't know he's what it is. He's my guy. He's the fastest. I tell you, he's the fastest one. <laughs> and, and he and he hits left-handed pitchers pretty well too. There you go. And they've got Isaiah Bowser back at running back. Uh, Ryan O'Keefe back at receiver. They add in Kamor Gamble, who was uh, uh, just a dominant tight end. He was my, one of my top tight ends out of high school. Played at Florida, big boy. They add in Kobe Hudson, who was Auburn's leading receiver last year. Uh, on the offensive line, they had in Ryan Swoboda, who was a, a Virginia starting uh, guard. They've had in Maryland's linebacker, Terrence Lewis, who's my number one linebacker when he came out of high school. They had in Bradley Jennings. Uh, and so a lot of ad, and more additions, Power Five. And last year, they were banged up all over the place. If they could stay healthy, you look at their schedule. You know, they get Louisville at home. Their road games are at FAU, winnable. At East Carolina, toss-up game. At Memphis, at Tulane, winnable. And at USF, uh, I think they have a real good chance of running the table this year. And they get Cincinnati at home. Keep in mind, UCF the last five years in the bounce house, 30-2 and two at home. And they avoid Houston in league play. So add it all up. I think UCF could surprise a lot of folks. I think they were recently picked third in the American Conference in the preseason poll, uh, and I think that of the group of five teams, they have the best chance of uh, getting there. Yeah, the Gus bus has got a turn in there, and and I, I if I'm correct, I think they're uh, plus three hundred, plus three fifty for for our friends that keep track of that uh, right now to win the AAC. Uh, I, I, we're going to wind it down here, uh, but I want to ask one last question, and it's a question that's kind of permeating college football, college basketball more so, but certainly college football, transfer portal additions. How are you guys treating that? Because I know, it, you know, in speaking with uh, Chris Van Dyne, who does a wonderful job uh, in, in your entire staff, you know, shout out to Jim and shout out to Robbie and the entire Phil Stuhl staff just a part of it but it, I mean it's like every other day you're playing catch up with uh, you know trying to keep up with 1500 kids in the portal trying to switch schools how how do you identify what what's a big transfer to you or what's a 
oh, okay, we, we got meaningless transfers or, you know, they're not going to factor in. How, how do you decipher that whole thing? Yeah, that's a great question, Al. And I'll tell you this, in the seven-month process of the magazine, which uh, starts at the, as soon as the season's done all the way through the uh, uh, June 8th when we put it out, uh, it's almost daily that I have to update my power ratings or change the text on it. Some team, uh, some position, somewhere along the line, this you know somebody will walk in the office like Chris and say, "Hey, this kid just left. He hit the portal. Hey, this team just signed this team." So it's a constant change during this season. USC was probably the prime example of that. Uh, they went from uh, when I do the, the postseason right through of the magazine had them middle of the road in the Pac-12. Uh, all the way through when they finally signed Jordan Addison, uh, the Blitnikoff winner. I'm on the phone with Coach Lincoln Riley when they signed him uh, that day, and uh, they've all of a sudden vaulted them up to the uh, my number one most improved team in the country. So it has changed things. But the good news is, Al, the uh, transfer portal closed on May 1st, and we go to the press June 8th. So we were able to capture everybody that hit the portal and then the majority that did end up signing somewhere. And your question about how do you interpret it, you know, I'll go back to Memphis last year. Memphis had eight transfers they signed. Only one of them saw significant action. So my rule of thumb is if you sign a transfer, he was in for the spring, he started at another school, and now he's earned the starting job here then I know he's going to make an impact this season. So those are the ones I really look at. You can't just say, hey, this team just signed 14 transfers. They're going to be better. Because as you mentioned, not all of them are going to fit. Not all of them are going to see the field. And I think that is very important in your analysis. Is there one that comes to mind that you think is is going to be a significant impact player uh, that maybe stands out to you? Because you see all of it, like you said. Is there one that stands out? Uh, I'm going to give you two guys. Okay. Uh, one is it. One is at a position you don't really look at the offensive line. It's Tyler Steen for Vanderbilt. If you watch Bama last year, you know the tackles need a little bit of improvement, especially what they lost this year. Tyler Steen's a very underrated left tackle. Nick Saban knows what he's doing, believe it or not, and uh, brings him <laughs> in to start a left tackle. I think he's going to have a good year. And then the other one's a marquee guy, but one that I think is worth a look for the Heisman at 30-1, to 1, and that's Dylan Gabriel. Because, uh, you know, when transfers come in, especially in the quarterback position, they have to basically learn the new system, right? Well, in 2019, Dylan Gabriel led UCF. They were among the nation's leaders in total offense. Guess who his offensive coordinator was? Jeff Levy. Well, his offense coordinator here at Oklahoma? Jeff Levy. So he knows the system extremely well, has a lot of talent. I think Oklahoma is going to be a much improved team this year. Last year, they were very inexperienced. This year, they're experienced. They've got a much improved offensive line. And I think Dylan Gabriel actually has a shot at the Heisman. I have Oklahoma favored in all 12 games. And if you're the quarterback for an undefeated team at the end of the year, you've got a shot at winning the Heisman. I love it, Phil. Phil, I, I got to tell you, once again, we said up front, Barnes & Noble, it's there. Go get it. But the second printing is coming out. Where Where is that going to be distributed to? And and once again, philsteel.com, plug it away. Yeah, and if you go to Barnes & Noble and they're sold out, you can go to Books A Million, CVS, Kroger's, 
Walgreens, Walmart, those are all places to go. Publix, a lot of places will have the magazine. The second uh, shift should be hitting the stores now. But your best bet's check Barnes & Noble first because I know they have it. So that's your best place to go. And then philsteel.com. You can get the digital version of the magazine there. You can order the hard copy if you don't find it while you're out and about. And also Phil Steel Plus I think is well worth it. It's what I use during the course of the season. Phil Steel Plus just 99 bucks for the year. It comes out to like... 20 bucks a month. You can't beat that. And it, the information is updated. Every Monday morning, you click on it, and you've got all the stuff at your fingertips for every team. And if you follow the FCS, we will have a complete write-up on every FCS team, the last five years spread logs on the FCS. It's all up there. Anything you need in college football is at Phil Steel Plus on philsteel.com. Yeah, Chris Van Dyne doing the Lord's work on that. And I'll tell you, if folks want to see that more, Check out YouTube. I, I I hope you're doing the show again this year where you go over some of these games and kind of showcase uh, what Phil Steel Plus can do. Yeah, I'll be doing that each and every week. And uh, coming up, probably within the next week, I'll put up one of the best way to use Phil Steel Plus. But, yes, during the season, I find that fascinating, and it, it helps me even learn about the games. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it, it's a must-watch. I, I can't tell you how many times I got sucked into a, a UTEP, uh, you know, North Texas game or, or something of that ilk uh, watching the show because, hey, the, the trends and the, and the numbers move you that way. Phil, I can't thank you enough. Folks, go check out Phil Steele Magazine. Go get it. Go get smart. We'll be back with you later this week with another episode. Until then, we'll see you after a while.